Insta Disney Dad here, and welcome to my podcast, episode number six. And again, like I said before, in episodes number four and episodes number five, my boy Troy Sandy is here with me again for episode number six because we just have way too much to talk about when it comes to Disney. There's never enough, never enough to talk about. But today we're going to talk about we're going to we're going to keep it positive. It's going to be all about our must dos at each of the four Disney parks here today. So. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about this episode today, Troy. Yeah, this is something that I'm really looking forward to covering because everybody's going to the parks and they want to know what to do. So I think there's only one way to get started. I think there is too. Let's kick off that intro right now. You are listening to the Insta Disney Dad Podcast. From Disney tips and tricks, must-dos, product reviews, special guests, and more, this is your weekly destination for everything Disney. This is the Insta Disney Dad Podcast. So today's episode, like I said, we're going to talk about our thing, our favorite things to do in the four different Disney parks. Now, I should, I should clarify and say that there's actually more than four parks in Walt Disney World because we do have water parks and we also do have uh, Disney Springs, which we may touch on. But I mean, Troy, to your opinion, do you think that's probably something we could dedicate to another episode? I think we stick to just the four in this one. Yeah, I would agree. So let's kick it off right now with. I don't know about you, Troy, but definitely my favorite night. I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with me, which is our favorite park, Magic Kingdom. Yes. I wasn't going to save uh, this one for last because Magic Kingdom is definitely that park where I always have to start and where I always have to spend my last minutes at Disney World. I completely agree. I can actually tell you uh, how structured we have our trip as far as it starts and ends at the Magic Kingdom. Um, but every time we go to Disney, our very first meal is at the Magic Kingdom at Crystal Palace. So I know it's not an attraction, uh, but that's a must-do for us. Yeah. It's what we do the first meal every time we're there. No, absolutely. I mean, Crystal Palace is great. Uh, great uh, character dining experience. Uh, the the buffet there is actually really good, too. And it's it's got such a great kind of location to it as well. I mean, right off of Main Street, USA, but as soon as you walk out, you can see the castle. I mean, you're you're in kind of the middle of two different worlds, it almost feels like. Yeah, I mean, I think the location is great. It's one of the few places that you can see Winnie the Pooh characters, um, which I think is a huge plus, too. Um, so that's a must-do for us. Yeah, and I think my first must-do is I, I, it, the minute I walk into the park, you know, because I'm the photography dork and the videographer dork that has to, you know, take those pictures. Like, you with your spreadsheets, I'm like that with my cameras and my video cameras. Uh, but the first thing I always do is I always go to the train depot and I always go to the top and I take my shot of Main Street USA and get the castle. And if you look at my Instagram, actually, there's one that I took that I was pretty proud of where I'm actually uh, taking a shot through one of the uh, one of the holes of the railing. And it really came out awesome. So make sure you check out my Instagram at Insta Disney Dad uh, to see that picture. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the things that I used to love about Crystal Palace is we get a breakfast reservation before the park opened or before rope drop. So you could get in there and get a picture down Main Street USA before there was anybody there. Now, yeah. it doesn't work anymore today um, with, with the syncing up of, of the new rope drop location and the hours, but um, there's definitely a ton of opportunities for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's another good point to call out is, you know, when you get there, I mean, there's there's smart ways to do 
every park and you can get into parks early and and depending also on when your uh, reservation is you might actually have the opportunity to even get on rides earlier than people i mean this is where we're talking about getting into peter pan's flight or getting those kind of those rides out of the way that we know there's going to be long waits for was is that a must do for you peter pan's flight no absolutely not <laughs> i think that's still one under my uh, one under my overrated ride so it still is but when it comes to like you know beating that rope drop and just getting it out of the way if you've never done it before why not yeah absolutely and and i think um talking about you know must do's and and maybe not every time for us it's dumbo uh the first ride all of our kids have ever been on is dumbo uh at the magic kingdom so we don't necessarily do it every time um but if you haven't done it it is a must do and the cool thing about dumbo too though is i mean when you go on the dumbo ride and they really design that with kids in mind i mean not only is the ride designed to you know obviously fit you know a bigger guy like myself and my and my daughter but when you're standing in line I mean, they have the little play area. I mean, they have an area to entertain the children while they're waiting. And I mean, that is a really cool area and experience. I mean, my daughter didn't want to leave there for a while when we had a we actually had a fast pass and she saw and she got distracted and just wanted to play in the tent all day. That's a whole new problem all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. I would say one of my other things that I always have to do, and this is just because I've become one of these coffee addicts. Is I always have to go to Starbucks. That's my first thing down Main Street. And I mean, I know you've already made it all the way to Crystal Palace and possibly to Dumbo. I'm still on Main Street right now. <laughs> so expert, still novice mode in a sense. You're getting distracted by all the novelty items ahead of time. Uh, I guess it's just needed. Well, we know how those days. It's usually not day one that I need it. But uh, at, at some point about mid trip, there is definitely that caffeine fix you need. Uh, the last thing I would call out as a must-do, and there's a ton of things at the Magic Kingdom, uh, but for us, and I know I've shared this with you uh, offline, um, all of our kids had their first haircut at the Harmony Barbershop at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, to me, that is a must-do, at least one time. Maybe not every single trip, not every single haircut, uh, but the experience there, and I know you've experienced it yourself, uh, it, it's off the beaten path. It's not something everybody knows. Everybody understands Seven Dwarfs Mind Train, although listen back to a previous episode to hear our thoughts about that. Everybody understands Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, all the big things. Um, Harmony Barbershop is one of those neat things tucked away off the side, um, off of Main Street. That's a great experience for the whole family. Yeah, and that's uh, and actually, I have a video of me uh, getting my my haircut there because my daughter, my my wife, won't let me get her haircut yet because she's only two, um, and we want to see the, you know Goldilocks hair grow. But we <laughs> we went there, and I actually got my haircut and. I was watching, like you said, I mean, all these kids coming in and not only do they just get, you know, top, top shelf treatment, but they also get, they get a hat that says my first haircut. You get the hair clippings. I mean, it's only like 25 bucks and I, and I had the pirate dust. It wasn't the pixie dust and it wasn't magical dust, whatever. It was pirate dust that they put in my hair. No, I saw, I saw it. It was pixie dust. It it was magic. It was pirate dust. (laughs) Anyway, so. Um, I think we could probably actually dedicate a whole episode to Magic Kingdom, but I would like to move on to kind of one of my new favorite parks, actually, which is Hollywood Studios. And I think prior to Star Wars and to Toy Story, this was one of those parks that was always a half-day park to me. Yeah, I would agree with with that. And and I must add, full disclosure, we haven't been back since all the Star Wars stuff started to open up. So you have you have one up on us in that regards. Um, But yeah, I would agree that that prior to Toy Story Land 
opening up, uh, Hollywood Studios didn't have a lot to keep us there for an entire day. Yeah, I mean, between between um, uh, Tower of Terror, uh, Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster, I mean, those are definitely cool thrill rides. Indiana Jones, I mean, if you've never been to Disney, you definitely have to see the Indiana Jones show. Um, Star Tours, which <laughs> I attended, um, I was basically there for the first week of the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening. Zero minute wait. There was a time where that wait for Star Tours said zero minutes, and that used to average an hour wait or so before Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened up. So I'm assuming you hit it up then. I de- Of course I hit it up, and I got to ride the new experience because they came out with new video that is actually coordinated with the with the ride itself. They actually go through five different scenes, so depending on the time you ride the ride or which uh, bay you get put into, it's a different experience. So it's not just the same ride over and over again like you used to be the old Star Tours ride. Yeah, I, I mean, I think... Star Wars is going to bring a whole new element to Hollywood Studios and, and it can really expand upon it. And I think even the old things, like you said, or the things that have been around for a while are going to have a whole new flavor to them. And, and that's exciting. And, and when you look at whole family-wise, those, because for us, you know, three kids, that, that's really what we have to look at. To me, the must-do at Hollywood Studios, and I know it's one of your top favorites, is Toy Story Mania. Oh, for sure. Toy Story Mania, I mean, what's your highest score, by the way? I got to know. What's your highest score in that game? I'm not going to put it out there publicly. Okay, well, mine was 380,000, 382,000 to be exact, but I want to let you know that I actually upped that score in my past trip. So before you share that, let me just say that I have been beat by my four-year-old, so put that in perspective for you. Okay, well, I'm proud of it. I came out of it with really sore forearms and shoulders, and I thought I was going to need my inhaler because I was wheezing. But I got four hundred and thirty-eight thousand. That's a pretty good score. That that is a pretty dang good score. I had the score of the Story day Media. in that cart there, and then I think some twelve-year-old beat me later. But whatever. <laughs> well, as it should be. That, I mean, Absolutely. that's the way it should go. Absolutely no. The kids should definitely win. But a great thing that I actually one of my favorite things about Hollywood Studios is the fact that it's actually designed for adults as well. Um, Magic Kingdom is designed to you know bring that magical experience to the family. But one thing that I do enjoy about Disney's Hollywood Studios is is the street entertainment as well. Um, But also is being able to go into places like the Tune-In Lounge. And I can actually order if I really need to. And let's face it, there's days where you might want to go in and you might want to grab yourself a whiskey Coke or a vodka soda or something other than just, you know, a froofy, sugary drink. Just something a little stiff to take the edge off. And some people may frown upon that. Some people may celebrate that. I'm one of those people that you know, four days in, I'm I might be ready for a cocktail. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I do get tired of of Coke, Fanta, Sprite, um, over and over and over again. So it is nice to have variety and options. Yeah, and I would say if you're looking for like a good margarita, the produce stand, I think has the best margaritas in all of Disney World. That's just my opinion. I'm normally not a frozen margarita fan, but I think it's actually better than the stand in Mexico. At uh, Epcot, so I think that's an open call out for for listeners to to respond back and let you know things that are better, so that way you get an opportunity to try even more. Oh, absolutely! I need to tell my wife, hey, these this is all of the alcohol that I need to consume when I go to Disney. That sounds like somebody could make a, a game or a shirt out of that. Like you know, I've consumed all this alcohol at Disney. That might be frowned upon, but it could be a lot of fun too. It could be like little check boxes on, it and you just bring a sharpie and just make a game out. 
Yeah, everybody tries to ride all the rides in one day. Have you tried all the drinks in one day? Exactly, and I think you might um, be in trouble a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to be that person to get kicked out of Disney World. Maybe, but then but then you go to the next must-do, which is Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, Rock and Roll lifestyle right there, and that's definitely one of the kind of my must-dos when I go there as well is Rock and Roller Coaster. I mean, that roller coaster. I mean, you, you go through it. You go into the studio. You know, you get the cheesy, you know, uh, studio feel because, you know, it's Aerosmith and they're, they're sound like they're mastering their album. The manager comes in, you know, the dude and the dude or the gal in the background is like, oh, how was the free tickets or backstage passes? And I'm like, <sighs> but yeah, but you it's only them, because we've written it, you know, 50 to 100 times. Yeah, but you have to give them credit. I mean, that is one of the best pre-cue shows that they have in almost all the parks. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. Except... I will say Smuggler's Run is pretty amazing. Yeah, like I said, I have to take you your word for that yet. one. You so. haven't seen it yet. Don't worry, you'll, you'll be going back here in, uh, in what, December this year, hopefully? Well, let's keep our fingers crossed everything works out. Yeah, exactly. My friends Bell, at Bell Destinations can definitely help you out for sure. Yeah, the, they're not the issue. It's about, it's about <laughs> us figuring out our time. They're, they're ready for me to go tomorrow. So Yeah, they're always ready for me to go ne- back next, too. Um, so I think this is a great transition for us. Then maybe let's talk about... Another another park that I almost that I actually do consider a half day park, which is going to be Animal Kingdom. I a hundred percent agree. Uh, you and I have talked about this offline as well. And uh, no matter how many times we've gone, we have not been able to to stretch Animal Kingdom out to be a full day park for us. And it's not that we're trying to make it half day park. Uh, and there's certain things that you can do to extend the day, but if you really hit the must dos. There is not much more than a half day worth of content there. Yeah, and I mean, unless you're hitting every single show that happens there, one thing about one thing about Animal Kingdom to also keep in mind is depending on the time of year you go, is also going to depend on the threshold that your body can handle. And we go, we typically go in July around my birthday, and we typically also go every year in September around my daughter's birthday, um, or in or in October around my wife and I's anniversary. Those those are kind of the dates that we know every year we're going to go down there, but typically. July and September are the hottest months to go down there. And Animal Kingdom is designed with, you know, the the rainforest in mind. I mean, it is it is luscious with, you know, greenery and I mean, you can, you can go on a safari which definitely do it in the morning by the way, right? Morning yeah, safari. Absolutely. You got to do the morning safari and you also have to make sure that you go and you check out uh Everest. Everest is definitely another must-do ride when you go to Animal Kingdom, in my opinion. Yeah, my two must-dos at, at Animal Kingdom off the bat, and this isn't any of the newer stuff, so I'm sticking to kind of the, the original stuff. Kilimanjaro Safaris, good, great. Do it first thing in the morning. Make that be your number one. Not just because of temperature, but also the activity of the animals. If you can get there early in the morning, they're going to be a little bit more active. They've just got them out. Uh, you're going to see more. And then the second one, which you just talked about, uh, Everest. And with Expedition Everest, if you can't get there early, I actually wouldn't use a fast pass on Everest anymore. I think there's other places that they can be used better at Animal Kingdom. Absolutely. But I would say single rider line. Single that thing. rider line, exactly. Um, I've watched entire families go through the single rider line. As long as you don't need to be with your kid or your significant other or whoever you're with, single rider, you can go on it, and you'll be through that entire line in minutes. And that's a good topic to bring up. I mean, single rider lines, especially when you have, you know, kids that can ride it by themselves 
And especially we can either make the same car be close to the same cars. Or if your kids are in that teenager mode of where they're independent enough where they can be in their own car. They don't, they don't want to be with you either. anyway. No, absolutely <laughs> not. They don't want you there. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. And I mean, I always save my... And I've talked about, you know, how to use fast passes before in the past. But Flight of Passage is always my number one pick for Animal Kingdom. So I always just get my Flight of Passage fast pass made. And I don't worry about the other ones until that one is done. I think that is the best use of fast passes in that park currently. All right. So now let's move on to another park, which I don't think needs to be a full day park unless you're an adult and you plan to go throughout the entire world showcase and experience every single thing about it, which by the way, I've done in half a day anyways, is Epcot. What's your thoughts on Epcot, Troy? So I love Epcot. Uh, I I don't think it's a full day park right now. I think they're going to do a lot of things here leading up to the 50th anniversary that could make it be a little bit longer of a, of a visit. And you're talking about all those announcements from D23, right? Yeah, it's all the all the stuff that's going to be coming out here in the next couple years. Um, actually, I just got my package from from D twenty three. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, yeah. So it's very exciting. Uh, so I do think that that's going to help out a ton. That being said, one of my favorite rides in all of Disney World that did not make the list when we talked about it before is actually not a very popular ride at all. I love living with the land in the Land Pavilion. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, we we always make sure it's a point for us to go into the Living with the Land ride as well. Um, but one that we always try to go on is definitely Frozen. I mean, my daughter right now is a huge Frozen fan. Um, Anna Elsa, everything. Anna Elsa, Anna Elsa. And I mean, I I watch Frozen, I would say probably 60 times a week, which is ridiculous. I still have a hard time riding that ride and not envisioning the Maelstrom scenery, though. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, but... For, for adults, though, I mean, for adults, I mean, Epcot, first of all, World Showcase doesn't open until after 11 a.m. anyways. So you could always start your day out at another park or be smart about it. I mean, if you don't care about Star Wars, if you just want to walk around and check out Hollywood Studios, I mean, start your day at Hollywood Studios then and then take the boat or take the uh, boardwalk walk path. I mean, it's a beautiful walk. It's it's, you know what, it's about a 20-minute walk, but, I mean, that's if you dilly-dally and take your time. But, make I mean, they connect those kind of for a reason. I mean, I would say, if you're going to do it, do your beginning day at Hollywood Studios and then go over to Epcot if you're an adult and you want to go around the World Showcase and try different foods, wines, etc. Yeah, if you're going to go into Epcot, I think one of the great things is if you can get there via boat to one of the back entrances where you can get in through shorter lines, a lot of people don't leverage that enough. And, and I think that is a huge plus if you're doing a split with something else for Epcot. Agreed. I mean, you got to think of the the main entrance, which everyone usually gravitates towards and forgets about the boat options, um, is not only the buses that are coming from all the resorts, but it's also coming from the public parking lots. It's coming from the ride share. And it's also coming from the monorail. Yeah, there's a lot coming into one spot, and Disney does it great. There's there's very few places that could do it as efficiently as Disney does, mm-hmm. but any advantage you can get, anytime that you're not spending more time in line, I, I think you got to go for it. Yeah, and one really quick kind of tip that I would recommend is if you're going to Disney, 
and you are traveling with either maybe young adults or you're traveling with a smaller group that doesn't need to bring bags, don't bring your bags because that's going to save you a lot of time getting in and out of the park um, or having to, you know, wait in that long line because you and I have been both parts of that. I mean, especially having smaller kids. I mean, we 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 are stuck. We have to carry that bag with all the goodies and all of the stuff. But I mean, there's there's no reason why a whole entire group of a family with, you know, teenagers, everyone needs to have a bag. Correct. And even for us, we try to send um, the majority of the family through the no bag line uh, to get in and send one person with the stroller and, and any bags to get checked out because there's no reason for everybody to sit there. Number one, it makes the line longer. And number two, it's it's not going to make you any more efficient in getting through the security checkpoint. 100% agree with you. So be smart when you're actually going through the line. It's kind of like when you see, you know, four people walking wide ways when you're trying to go down the hallway that everyone else has to share. I, I kind of think of that analogy when we're thinking about lines, like you don't need to be with your group. One person can take care of that. Correct. And and it's just being smart about it. Like you said, it, it's all about efficiency, uh, whether it be waiting in lines, getting through security checkpoints. Uh, be smart about it. Have a plan. Know what you're going to do. The other one that I do want to call out, I mean, I know you're going to talk about the four parks, but one of my favorite places to go to shop for souvenirs. I'm a fan of, you know, buying souvenirs. And if you're staying on the Disney property, which I've covered, I think was in episode two, was talking about, you know, the ability to send those souvenirs or those items that you purchased back to your resort. But I see a lot of people that are carrying the bags around and, and all that. But there's there's one thing at Epcot, is, which is mouse gear, which is... Huge. I mean, if you're going to buy souvenirs, I would say either do it at Mouse Gear or World of Disney in Disney Springs. What's your thoughts on kind of shopping experience between, you know, Mouse Gear and World of Disney? I just use my magic band and don't pay attention to how much I'm spending until the end of the trip. Uh, we shop at both. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Disney fan clothes-wise, so uh, those that see me in, in my normal day life, uh, in, in my real job, uh, Disney socks. I have a bunch of Mickey Mouse socks uh, that I pick up. We shop at both Mouse Gear, World of Disney. Uh, we also make it a point to stop at the Christmas sh- store at Disney Springs. Uh, anytime we're there, we get a family ornament that comes back for our Christmas tree for, for the year. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. All right, friends. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of episode number six. I want to say a very big, special ha- thank you to uh, my friend Troy for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope uh, everybody follows you. Uh, on Instagram and, the, and this podcast because it is a ton of information and uh, thanks for having me. So please make sure to follow me on Instagram at Dad. Send me a message, like some photos, follow me. But most of all, if you want to be on the show, please let me know as well. We'd love to have a special guest just like my friend Troy here. Also, looking for anyone to help you plan your next vacation, make sure you call my friends or uh, visit their website at belldestinations.com. Uh, check them out. All their planning services are complimentary. As long as you book your trip through them or you transfer an existing trip to them, they'll take care of everything so you don't have to worry about anything except for having a magical day. Once again, everyone, thank you so much for joining me. Friends, have a great rest of your day and have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow.